This podcast is brought to you by DreamEnglish.com and the Dream English Kids YouTube channel. Welcome to the Dream English Kids Teaching Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Hello, everybody. I hope you're great wherever you are in the world today. I'm excited today to have Tachi on the podcast. Tachi is a teacher from Brazil. She teaches all ages from young learners through teenagers to adults. And she's also a teacher trainer. So she has a lot of experience teaching English to all ages. And now she's a teacher trainer. So now she's mentoring teachers and helping other teachers be the best teachers that they can be. Tachi also has her own podcast called at Passionate Teachers ELT. And you can find her on Instagram at Tachi Teach. And I'll leave links to those. In the info for the show, we covered a lot of things from how children learn, ways to teach children with books, general classroom ideas, general advice for teachers, and some really interesting learning techniques and class ideas. So let's get into that. Before we do, I just want to say please check out the new. Dream English Kids albums on Spotify and Apple Music, and new videos on the Dream English Kids YouTube channel. Okay, so here's my conversation with Tachi. Okay, hello everybody. I'm here today with my new friend Tachi. Did I say that correctly? That's right. You did pronounce it correctly. Very okay, good. Hey, thank you. I, I worked on that a little bit. Um, so, Tachi is a teacher. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you teaching? What age groups do you teach? All right. Okay. I am a teacher in Brazil. Uh, in Sao Paulo, but not in the big center city of Sao Paulo. I live in the outskirts, about an hour of Sao Paulo. Okay. And I have been a teacher of English for the last 41 years. Uh, I started when I was really, really young. I was a teenager, actually. Oh, wow. And first, I taught business people uh, at an early age. Then after I taught uh, teenagers, and then I fell in love with children. Uh -huh. So, I am in all niches. I can teach uh, all kinds of situations, uh, traveling English, business English. I am an official simultaneously translator. And uh, I've had all different jobs you can imagine, but teaching was always my passion. So, uh, when I was in a multinational working for a big company, at the same time, I had a spare hour and I would give some English classes. And one day I woke up and I said, why don't I do this as my real budget? Like this is going to be it. So after I did business administration, I started to have many courses on how to teach. And now I teach teachers how to teach, especially young learner teachers of English to children all over the country and also in other countries. Wow, that's amazing. How do you find the um, 
the response or do you find that a lot of teachers need help right now to learn how to teach English to children or, or mm. any ages? I think that uh, teaching has never changed. Uh, the goal is to make better citizens and to make them, uh, since they are kids, to give them instructions on how to lead with certain things in life. And it's not only English teaching. You're teaching life. You're teaching principles. You're teaching how to respect people. You're teaching lots of other things within the teaching English. So being a teacher is a lot more than just teaching. You just don't teach a language. You teach a lot with the language. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do you find even with young, your younger learners that you're, you're teaching, I don't know, things like, like you're just talking about, about culture and about life in general within oh, your yeah, curriculum? Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Because you see, uh, Brazil is a completely different country from the States, although uh, very similar in certain things. But for example, respect, cleaning after the classroom, mm. uh, after the class was finished, we have to clean up the classroom, teaching them the cleanup song. These things in Brazilian schools, they don't teach. So, oh. uh, they do teach other things, but uh, this responsibility that the child has with uh, the person that is near to him, with his pal, uh, even with the teacher, there are certain rules. In Brazil, we teachers are very uh, used to uh, hugging the kids and, and touching in mm. other countries. No. So uh, this... Uh, cultural differences must be taught. And we Brazilian teachers need to adapt a lot of material because our reality is different. Mm. Our school is very strong in terms of uh, how many subjects we have and what are the subjects. So we need to adapt. Everything we have from abroad, we need to adapt. Mm. Adapt for the age, mentality, and culture. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. I'd love to visit one day and see that in action. Be my guest. Be my guest. Oh, thank you. That'd be great. My partner Mira and I will be very glad to have you here. Mm. Long, long flight, but I'll try to make it. So tell me a little bit about, we talked before we started, is there anything else you want to add about your background or what you're doing right now? Oh, yes. We, okay. Uh, since it's a long time that I have been on this road, I have seen it all. I have done it all, as I said. And right now I am mentoring teachers, uh, young learner teachers or teachers for teenagers, twins, adults. I am mentoring teachers. So uh, I'm giving all the support for someone that is in the beginning of the career, in the middle of the career to succeed uh, not only in the methodology, but also in how to behave. What is something that one good teacher should do? What is one thing that a good teacher shall not do? Mm. Where do I find things? How do I make a PowerPoint, a Google slide presentation? How do I use Jamboard? Uh, all of these tools that came up with online, 
This is one of the things that I'm doing. Another one is our podcast. I have a podcast with two other partners, teacher Josie and teacher Kami. And mm -hmm. I put up a podcast called Passionate Teachers ELT. It is in all medias. It is in Spotify. We're in number 15th. And uh, it would be wow. very cool if teachers could listen to us. It's for free. And we give lots of clues and tips for teachers. Okay, I'll put that in the um, podcast notes um, below the podcast. So Passionate Teachers ELT. I'll, I'll put the little link in there. So, Thank you. Sure, of course. So, for example, when you're, when you're mentoring, let's say, a young learner teacher, what is, is there any some general advice that might be interesting for our listeners, some kind of general advice for young learner teachers? Okay. As a young learner teacher, you read the child. So, a group of children is not just a group of kids. Everyone is a different individual has different needs and a different pace to learn. And the teacher need to know how Joe Doe or Mary Joe learn and what is important and what is relevant. And since it is a group, because children learn better in group, mm. this online thing has showed us again that they will uh, benefit more from a group learning than alone. So it has to be fun, number one, right? Right. So transform your grammar into a fun activity. Make a kahoot or use a word wall, something that makes the kid learn through fun. And then you're going to captivate your student. And always be honest because the kid will read you. Mm. The kid will know what you're thinking and if he or she doesn't like the way you are acting, he or she will tell you. Right. So yeah. be honest. And in the first place, be super honest with a kid. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's great advice. And tell me, what's a, you mentioned a kahoot. I'm not familiar with that. What's a kahoot? I can look it up okay. later. Kahoot is a tool of games. It's a gamification. I am very much into gamification. I study a lot. And Kahoot is like this. It's a game of questions. So you have four alternatives. One is the correct one and three are not. Okay. You can get ready-to-go games on any subject, grammatical topics or, for example, now Halloween and then after Thanksgiving. You can get ready-to-go topics so you don't have to work. You just get the game and you play with the kids. Or you can make your own revision using the tools of Kahoot and making your own. And you can post this publicly so that other teachers can use it as well. It is super interesting. Look it up, kahoot.com, if I am not wrong. Do you, do you know and how to spell that? K-A-H-O-O-T. Okay. I was going to say with a C, but K-A. Okay. It's, it's not. It's not what the, the dictionary says about kahooting, okay? There's no complot. There's nobody going against anybody. It's just a game. And it's okay. a very cool one. That sounds Kids good. love that. Kids love that. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Now, you, you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started, about how children learn. And mm -hmm. 
which is very interesting. And you, you touched on a little bit like children learn better in groups. Yep. Um, which I, I think as well. And for example, children learn through repetition. Children learn through, you know, more specifically in a class, they might learn through songs or through games or interaction with each reading, other. Reading mm-hmm. as well. Even if the kid is very young and doesn't read the book, like the physical book, even in the online, it's very important. You show the page, you talk about the pictures, you interact with them. What do you think is going to happen after? Who do you think is going to come now? Are you afraid of this character? Do you like this character? Uh, at the end of the book, you shall ask, what is your opinion about the book? Did you like the book? Did you not like the book? What was the best point of the book? This all leads you into having more um, more skills to deal with a kid. And how does the kid learn? The kid learns from its peers. The kid learns from you. The kid learns from a sentence you said more than one time. He will automatically repeat. Kids are fantastic. They have wonderful computers. Their Mm -hmm. minds are brilliant. So uh, sometimes I I even get like today I was teaching nine-year-olds. And we were playing a game and they, they always mind me. So, oh gosh, my mm-hmm. goodness. They always say things that I generally say. But then one of them said a complete sentence using the present perfect. And I was like, what? I mm-hmm. did not teach that yet. Mm-hmm. But she used it, the tense perfectly because she heard me say that one time. Uh-huh. And this is fantastic. When, when the teacher notices the advance of that group of children and, and the abilities they have gained. And of course, when you were born, you didn't know how to talk. It took you one year to say mama or probably daddy because mama is more difficult than daddy. And then after you did not make a sentence until the age of three, you never would say I want some water, please, before the age of five. The first grammar spot you said was at seven, perhaps. So why do we have to rush this learning? Why do I have to introduce grammar in a physical way, like uh, let's make 10,000 exercises? No, children don't learn this way. Children should learn by osmos. They are sponges in a good sense. So this is the way I think children learn. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's great. That's very interesting. I, I have read in different books on um, second language acquisition that children don't necessarily learn English grammar, or I guess adults as well, in a set order. So kind of like what you were saying, you didn't teach the present perfect, but, but your student had picked that up through something else that you had said, because you're obviously using natural language and speaking to your children regularly yes. in class. And the acquisition of the second language um, has to be in the language that you want to teach. Even if you have to make a lot of gym to explain things to them, avoid translating. Unless you are working in a bilingual school and the proposal of the school is to have the two languages in the equality 
so you can use the translation, but I wouldn't advise you to do that. I also have another Instagram that is not at Tachi Teach. It is at Moms Teaching Kids, where I want Brazilian moms that speak English to be able to teach their kids in English. They mm -hmm. are not teachers. They are just following their intuition into teaching their children the first uh, words or the first sentences in English to facilitate the work of the school later on. Uh, okay, that's great. So um, that, yeah, I'm sure that's helpful for um, moms and dads around the world. Oh yeah, definitely. Who, who and was? I have moms that film their children. I have two moms there that collaborate since they were babies, now they are one year and two months. So you can see the advance in the language because when I say teach a young learner kid to speak, is not speak, speak, like they are one year and two months, mm -hmm. but they understand the language, they understand the activity, they understand the skills. So this is also teaching the language because they will be speakers. Great, great. So I have a question for you. Do you teach, uh, you know, a lot of what I do with Dream English and a lot of the songs I aim kind of in the preschool age, although I do use the songs up to maybe about nine years old, if I can get the students interested in the songs. Um, do you teach young learners or, or in the preschool age at the moment, or do you have any advice for teaching that age? Because there are different challenges for the much younger kids. Mm -hmm. As I said, in Brazil, uh, children are different. A nine-year-old carries a cellular all the time. A nine-year-old uh, knows how to enter in any gadget and, and has the domain of technology. Mm. This is Brazil. If you go to Germany, this is not their reality. They play a lot with uh, toys made of wood. They are incentivated to use their hands and do crafts. So uh -huh. you need to know your reality. Where are you? Uh, what country are you? Mm -hmm. how, how is the, 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 the learning there? So you have to really pay attention uh, how it is. Uh, for small, for very young learners, I would always use um, things that they can touch, you know, the, the touching is very important. So oh, okay. um, hide toys inside of uh, colorful rice or jello. They love getting dirty because their moms don't let them get dirty. Oh, I, for cool. example, love to go to the kitchen with my five, six, seven-year-olds. And, and amazingly, the best part of the cooking, like, the, the, the fantastic place to be for them is when I say, who is going to break the egg? So sometimes I have to make more recipes because everybody wants to break an egg shell because uh -huh. their mom will never allow them to do that in the kitchen. So that's interesting. So you, you do, um, with, with your young learners, you do a lot of kind of sounds like real world activities as oh, opposed yes. to flashcard teaching and, Yes, definitely. And we have um, the outside class once a week. So once a week, we stay in the classroom. The second time of the week, we go out. 
and we go to the woods. And for example, if I'm studying animals, they're going to have to find ants for me. They're going to have to show me beetles. Sometimes we go after tadpoles because there is a wonderful class about metamorphosis. So I know exactly when the tadpoles are coming. Mm -hmm. So I take the children to the pond and we see little tadpoles going on. We even had uh, two tadpoles in my house for one month. And then after we had to put them back into the nature. And, and I think that you have to use everything you can. If you're not in a regular school, if you have a, a garden, if you have a yard, explore every little corner of it. Plant some vegetables and, and make a soup with them using those vegetables. Read about... Uh, I don't know, there's this one book about a soup that my friend uses. It is so interesting because actually you put everything in there. It's not the stone soup. It's mm. just the soup of everything else. And, and children learn this way and they learn in a fun way and they get happy and they will never forget. My young learner students today are 35 or so i am teaching their kids oh. and sometimes they, and sometimes they say do you remember that sensitive class you gave to us about blindfolding and tasting the collar i never forgot the taste of collar so mm. what is the taste of collar is like you blindfold them you put a tomato in their mouth and you say what color is this and they feel the tomato and they say it's red you put chocolate in their mouth, they say it's brown. They will never forget that lesson. That's great. Wow, that's really nice. Well, I, I'm kind of interested. I want to go back to you mentioned about the something about a rice activity where you put something in the rice. Can you walk me through how you would use that in the yeah, classroom? Of course. Uh, you can put whatever the lesson is about. For example, if you're talking about wild animals and farm animals, Mm -hmm. You can make cutouts in paper. They, first, they can color their animals. Then you cut them out. You plastify them. You put them inside rice. The rice can be colored by the children too. So they can have any kind of color and you don't have to use uh, chemical things. You can use, for example, beetroot, uh, orange juice. Let the rice dry, put it all together. It gets super colorful and you hide things inside. And then they have to fish with their fingers, the pictures. And then they retrieve and they say, I have a cow. The cow belongs to the farm. They uh -huh. put their fingers inside again and they retrieve, I don't know, a dog. A dog is a pet. It lives in the house. It doesn't live in the farm. And then you can use all the structures because you're teaching very young learners and they like to touch, as I said, and they will learn perhaps farm, house and wildness, but they are also learning where they belong. So they're mm -hmm. classified. So mm -hmm. you're teaching many things at the same time. Wow. In a, in a fun, super fun activity for young learners. I'm going to have to exactly. try that. Exactly. Might exactly. Be little, might be a little messy. I don't know. Does it get messy? No, the rice is not messy. The jello is super messy. Right. Jello activity is very messy and it has a time because the, the jello will melt. Here in Brazil, it will melt. So you have to be fast to play with them. Right. That's really great. 
you can even get dirtier, like um, go to the park and put them in the sandbox. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I think for, for, I don't know, every teacher has their own situation, but um, I think getting out into the real world is something I should do more with my students and some more physical. Yeah, I am very, I'm very known here in the region exactly for differential classes because what I teach is not in the book and I don't attain to one single book. I use many different books and uh, depending on the, the, the gang that I'm teaching, the, the group of children that I'm teaching, if they're more active on science, I'm going to make science experiments. If they're more active on, on sensorial activities, we're going to go out and, and try to hold things. So going back to the beginning, the teacher needs to know exactly who the students are and how they will learn. And this is very intuitive. So that's interesting. So you, I mean, it sounds like you definitely don't, but you don't stick to like, okay, this is a course book and this is year one in the course book. And then next year, will you no. year two? Even, even when I was teaching in schools and I was told that I had to fulfill the curriculum, I did fulfill the curriculum and I brought extra material mm -hmm. because only the book is not enough, in my opinion. Right, 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 right. Great. Wow, that's really interesting. So how about, um, so tell me, so if you're teaching again, like a young learner class, sorry, I keep bringing it back to that, but that's kind of my, what I know the best, so I can talk about better. Tell me age, tell me age and I will tell you. Okay, what well, let's, let's say we're, you're doing a class with four and five-year-olds. How would okay. you begin your class? Like from zero, like they, they never saw me in their life? Oh, I mean, it could be they've been with you for a little while, but just like, do you have a kind of a routine that, that you do with the kids? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we arrive, there's the greeting, mm -hmm. and then we do a, like a warm-up game. It could be uh, jumping loops. It could be uh, jumping rope. And, and saying the name of some objects of colors they know or the numbers. You know, they're learning, they're talking, they're reviewing, and mm -hmm. they're playing. For them, they're playing. For me, I am reviewing, right? And, and then we enter in the room, in the classroom. First thing, uh, they need to remove their shoes. This was always like this, not only now in the pandemic, and then uh, why removing the shoes? Because they feel comfortable. They're at home. Right. They're not tied to anything. So they, they can run free in my, I have like two rooms connected. One is the TV room where there's a sofa and they can sit down comfortably and watch a little piece of video. And there's another one with a super big oval table. And this is the first place where we arrive. Okay. After we did all this routine, we, we sit down and we get our folders. They have to get the folders. If they're super small, like you say, four or five, they will recognize the first letter of the name of their friends. They will handle this folder to their friend. And then you're going to incentivate them. If they make a mistake, it's not an M, it's an N, it's Marcus, it's not Nathan. Mm. Let's take 
again, and then they will start to associate the letter to the person they are learning already, right? right so right. the process of learning starts right when they arrive. Okay. And then you are going to do the activities of the book or paper activity, whatever you have to do. And children have a time. Children like young learners, they have a time. After 15 minutes, change the activity. Right. You cannot continue the same activity. And if you want to kill your class, put a video. They're going to die. <laughs> You're going to lose them. You're going to lose them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. play songs, even if you don't sing well, like I don't sing well, but I sing. And we sing a song, and then we, we make an interpretation of the song, and, and we, we add some, for example, we add clap your hands when he says this, or jump and turn around when he says that. This is so important because you're making them move. It doesn't right. look like, but it's super important. And they will always associate the movements to that one song. They will not forget it. And right. then you can go and do the book, you can do the mini video, you can, uh, if they want, if, if one of them brings something interesting to show, like it was not show and tell day, but they brought something, you should stop your class and show this. They're proud. They want to show to their friends. Mm -hmm. So don't impose too many rules, you know? Right, right. And if you teach them well, they will always clean up after they finish and leave the room beautiful for the next class to come. Right. That's great. Yeah, I like I like I I love that idea of don't have too many rules. I think that's really important and um something I've learned as I've I've gotten more experience teaching is just you have to be very flexible. Have oh, yeah. a routine. I like to have a routine, but I also uh, often vary from it depending on, you know, how the kids are that day and which. Children also like routine. Right. You, you might say no, but they do. They, they know that they have to arrive in my house. There's a first moment in a table outside. We call it the bird table because there are lots of different birds on a towel. After the bird table, we do the activity outside, the warm-up activity. Then we come in. Uh, it's the remove shoes song. So everybody will remove the shoes. And generally, they like to organize the shoes from the friends. They don't just kick their shoes like this. Mm -hmm. So they do like routine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. I think it's important. And I find also, as a teacher, it's good for me to have a routine so that I know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I can vary from it, but at least I, ha I always know, okay, this is how I start the class and this is how I end the class and the middle of the class and stuff like that. And they like this too. For example, the cleanup song is the favorite. You start clean up, clean up. They will join you. They will sing the chant while they are organizing. Mm -hmm. And then you make a, a cleanup faster or slower or then in a lower voice, in an upper voice. They right. always like when you make an improvisation of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make something kind of silly or fun. Or, that's mm -hmm. great. So is there anything, I think we're maybe coming to a little bit of a close here, but is there any other thing that you would like to talk about or bring up about teaching in general or about the work that you're doing? Oh, yes. 
most importantly, the teacher must have fun too. Mm. I sometimes have lots of burdens. I have lots of problems in my head. The moment I'm teaching, the moment I am interacting, the moment I enter in their planet, in their world, I forget about my problems because I am having fun teaching. This is, for me, the most important thing for the teacher. You're having fun too? Your children will have fun. You're not having any fun? Change your attitude. Something is not okay. And they're not going to like it. Mm. That's great advice. Uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. You have to have fun. And I think, you know, like you were talking about, having all these different kinds of activities and ideas and changing it up keeps it fun for the teacher too. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, how, how do you think I would survive 41 years teaching if I didn't love what I do? Right. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like crying. Sometimes I feel like screaming. But when I'm teaching, all that goes away. Mm, that's wonderful. You're in the flow, as they say. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Any last words before we go here? This has been very, this has been super interesting. Yes. Oh, yes. First of all, in the beginning, when we started to talk, I mm -hmm. didn't think you enough for being here for being so special to be interviewed by you and to be in your podcast i am super excited about it and i think that um many teachers in this planet need to do this kind of different experience because we're exchanging experience how do you do in the states how do you do with your children how do you teach this how do i how do you approach that so this is super rich and i am super happy to be here really well thank, well, thank you so much my heart uh, well thank you so much and yeah i don't know if i thanked you enough for taking the time out of your obviously very busy schedule to join me and share. I feel like you have so many more hours and hours of ideas and things to teach. Look me up. Look <laughs> me up. As I said, I am mentoring teachers. So I give lots of uh, tips and clues and and I try to put this out of my chest and it's there because it's in instagram it's in facebook because uh from the planet i come from 40 years ago teachers would retain their knowledge they would not pass it to another teacher because they were afraid of losing their position in the school um. and i am not afraid of this because i have my value i have my mark uh, I am known for what I do and how I do it. So I'm not afraid of sharing my book, sharing the sites, sharing anything, sharing my material. It's, it's the, the person that makes the class fantastic, not the book or the material. That's wonderful. Well, and, and by sharing, I mean, that's been a big part of Dream English. We get back so much. You know, by sharing these experiences with others, by talking to others, by 
sharing materials and that somebody else might take that idea and make it even better. That's often how I think of my songs and things. It's like, this is just an idea. I'll put it out there. People can take it and hopefully elevate it, make it even better. Of course, I, I don't like backstabbing, but I like sharing. I think right. if you are honest enough with a teacher, you call a teacher like I called you. I said, Matt, my partner had a time with you and I want to have it too. I was <laughs> a poker face. I know that, but I love that. Right. I wouldn't have met with you. I wouldn't have chatted with you. This is a golden opportunity for both of us. Yes. So why not, right? Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to put links to all of your Instagram and uh, podcast accounts in the podcast notes for everybody listening. And uh, thank you again for taking the time. This has been great. Thank you so much and thank you for listening to us. Thank you, Matt. Okay, thank you. Okay. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tachi. We talked about a lot of things. There's a lot there. I feel like we could have kept exploring for hours. So maybe we'll have to have her back again in the future. Check out her Instagram page and I will put a link in the info for the show. And follow her and say hello and say you heard about her, you enjoyed what she said on the Dream English Teaching Tips podcast. Before I go today, I don't know if you know, but I have a book. It's called 10 Steps to Teach English to Young Learners, a quick guide to start teaching the Dream English method, available now on Amazon. I'll put a link in the info to this show. 10 Steps to Teach English to Young Learners. It's a lot of my ideas and concepts and how I teach young learners in a simple, easy-to-read, short book. So if you're looking for some new ideas or you're getting started with teaching, please have a look at 10 Steps to Teach English to Young Learners. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great one. Goodbye. See you. Thank you. Goodbye.